our score. Yeah. Seven years later. Anyone seen my hat? Yeah. It's really tall. <laughs> Can't miss it. Hi, campers. Welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Welcome to Immature History. It's your weekly dose of Wikipedia and related knowledge base articles. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And Wikipedia, you are welcome for the donation I just renewed today. That's right. And all the publicity that we give you, honestly. Yeah. Oh my God. Dozens of listeners are now aware of your existence. Yeah. I think you're first. I think so. Um, well, keeping with our spooky theme, today we are headed to the White House because we are going to visit Lincoln's ghost. Oh. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I'm ready. All right, buckle in. Okay. There have been several stories about the ghosts of former presidents of the United States revisiting the White House, with perhaps the most common and popular one being that of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Lincoln's ghost, otherwise known as the White House ghost, is said to have haunted the White House since his death in 1865. Lincoln's ghost has also been said to haunt many of his former residences in Springfield, Illinois, including his former law office. But there's so many ghosts in law offices. Oh, you know that there is. But also... Ghosts just can go anywhere now? <laughs> I guess. Um, I also wonder, I don't know. I don't know how the physics of spirits just work. Can you like sprinted out of Ford's theater and <laughs> went back home? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I gotta, uh, my show's on tonight. I have to get yeah. home for this. <laughs> for my programs. Yeah, my programs. <laughs> Um, All right. So the White House's most famous alleged apparition is that of Abraham Lincoln, one of Mumler's most famous photographs. We don't get any introduction to who Mumler is. Sure. Um, Apparently shows Mary Todd Lincoln. A photographer. He's a photographer extraordinaire. (laughs) Um, So it apparently shows Mary Todd Lincoln with the ghost of her husband, Abraham Lincoln. Paranormal researcher Melvin Willen in his ghost, in his ghost books, in his book, (laughs) Ghosts Cut on Film, uh, claims that the photo was taken around 1869 after Abraham Lincoln's death and that Mumler did not know that his sitter was Lincoln, instead believing her to be a Mrs. Tundall. Willen goes on to say that Mumler did not discover who she was until after the photo was developed. The College of Psychic Studies, referencing notes belonging to William Stainton Moses, who has appeared in photographs by other spirit photographers, claimed that the photo was taken in the early 1870s. Uh, Lincoln had assumed the name of Mrs. Lindahl and that Lincoln had to be encouraged by Mumler's wife, a medium, to identify her husband on the photo. Um, the image has been dismissed as being accidental double exposure. Um, although the image has been dismissed as accidental double exposure, it has been widely circulated and the picture, I'm sure you've seen it. It's, it's pretty spooky. It, um, is Mary Todd Lincoln just like sitting there posing. And then there's like this very ghostly, like Mm -hmm. whisper of a man standing behind her who looks like Abraham Lincoln with his hands on her shoulders. I mean, here's the thing, Mary Todd one spooky bitch 
But another thing is like, why is your middle name Todd? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like Todd. It's just my big question. What's it short for? I feel like it would be short for something. Like what's a female Todd short for? Um, I, that's a, you know, you know, campers will let you noodle on that. We've You'll fill in the blank yourself. <laughs> yeah. We're busy. <laughs> um, Eleanor Roosevelt never admitted to having seen Lincoln's ghost, but did say that she felt his presence repeatedly throughout the white house, which is way creepier. Mm. She also said that the Roosevelt family dog, Bala, which is a dumb name, Cute. just any Cute. way around it. It's cute, but it's dumb. Uh, would sometimes bark for no reason at what she felt was Lincoln's ghost. Hey, that's just dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dogs Don't try to chalk bark. that up to ghosts. Right. They love to bark. It's it's that's, one of the main ways whole they thing. communicate. It's their <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Um. <sighs> President Dwight Eisenhower's press secretary, James Haggerty, and Liz Carpenter, press secretary to the first lady, Lady Bird Johnson, both said they felt Lincoln's presence many times. But how do you know that it's Lincoln? That's my question. You don't. Yeah. I mean, or it truly don't. Yeah. Unless the way you're feeling it is just like you keep hearing whispers of like, I'm Abraham. Yeah. Or like Lincoln. (laughs) Her score. Yeah. Seven years later. <laughs> anyone seen my hat yeah it's really tall <laughs> can't miss it yeah you really oh, can't miss it don't go to the theater yeah um, <laughs> i mean we have to assume that that's how it all went it, i mean yeah yeah uh the former president's footsteps are also said to be heard in the hall outside the lincoln bedroom Lillian Rogers Parks stated in her 1961 autobiography, My 30 Years Backstairs at the White House, that she had heard them. Margaret Truman, daughter of President Harry S. Truman, said she heard a scepter. Nope. A scepter? (laughs) I just. Where are we, England? I just got illiterate for a second. (laughs) Heard a specter rapping at the door of the Lincoln bedroom when she stayed there and believed it was Lincoln. Although maybe he used a scepter to rap at the door. We don't know. It's it's very possible. I I wouldn't rule it out. (laughs) And President Truman himself was once awakened by raps at the door while spending a night in the Lincoln bedroom. Hey, why was everyone sleeping in Lincoln's room? (laughs) Have your own room, Harry. Just trying to get close. Yeah. Jeez, they're just doing seances constantly. (laughs) Just so many seances. (laughs) Several unnamed eyewitnesses have claimed to have seen the shade of Abraham Lincoln actually lying down on the bed in the Lincoln bedroom, which was used as a meeting room at the time of his administration. And while others have seen Lincoln sit on the edge of the bed and put his boots on. The most famous eyewitness to the latter was Mary Eben, Eleanor Roosevelt's secretary, who saw Lincoln pulling on his boots after which she ran screaming from the room. Finally, a normal reaction from these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Others have actually seen an apparition of the former president. The first person reported to have actually seen Lincoln's spirit was First Lady Grace Coolidge, who said she saw the ghost of Lincoln standing at a window in the yellow oval room staring out of the Potomac. Um, Hey, White House, can you just name rooms normally, please? Yellow oval. 
just call it the lemon room like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just call it the sour fruit room. Um, But also like, why are we naming rooms other than like dining room, living room, kitchen, bathroom? Yeah. If you've got a grandiose name for a room in your house, go fuck yourself. What's going on here? And like, why do they all need to be like, you can do a color or you can do a shape. So you can yeah. have like the blue room, you can have the red Pick room, one. you can have the green yeah. room. You don't need the yellow oval room. Like stop yeah. introducing. Unless that. there's a yellow square room also. Yeah. <laughs> In which case you do need to differentiate. Yes. This is not a game of twister. Yeah. Um, what are the specs um, on the White House? How many rooms are there? A lot. Well, then I guess you need names. Yeah. Um, well, that was, uh, I was going to make a good joke there saying, thank you for coming to my TED talk, but thank you for coming to my Todd talk because of Mary Todd Lincoln. It was not my best work. Wow. I loved it. Thank you. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt and Maureen Reagan and her husband have all claimed to have seen a spectral Lincoln in the White House. A number of staff members of the Franklin D. Roosevelt administration claimed to have seen Lincoln's spirit. And on one occasion, Roosevelt's personal valet ran screaming from the White House, claiming he had seen Lincoln's ghost. Perhaps the most famous incident was in 1942, when Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands allegedly heard footsteps outside her White House bedroom and answered a knock on the door, only to see Lincoln in a frock coat and top hat standing in front of her. She promptly Mm -hmm. fainted. Classic. What? Um... Uh, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill loved to retire late, take a long hot bath while drinking a scotch, and smoke a cigar and relax. And honestly, same. Sounds heavenly. Sounds great, Winston. There is an account that on this occasion, uh, he climbed out of the bath and naked, but for his cigar, walked into the adjoining bedroom. So classic. He was startled to see Lincoln standing by the fireplace in the room, leaning on the mantel. Churchill, always quick on the uptake, simply took his cigar out of his mouth, tapped the ash off the end of his cigar and said, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage, which is so funny. (laughs) So classic Winston. (laughs) Lincoln smiled softly as if laughing and disappeared. Churchill smiled in embarrassment. I mean, so descriptive. It's like I'm there. Lincoln's ghost was reportedly seen outside of the White House as well. In Loudonville, New York, Lincoln's ghost was said to haunt a house that was owned by a woman who was president, who was present, not president. Women can't be president. No, come on, Madison. <laughs> They're too flighty. I, I know. Uh, at Ford's <laughs> Theater, when Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth. Other Lincoln hauntings include his grave in Springfield, Illinois, a portrait of Mary Todd Lincoln, and a phantom train on nights in April along the same path his funeral train followed from Washington, D.C. to Springfield. So really, he is just making the rounds. Well, and I think I'm wondering, like, have we checked the walls of the White House to see if this is uh, the Boy Jones situation? Oh, yeah. Or if there's like some sort of hallucinogenic that everyone was. Yeah. Is there just a gas leak at the White House? Right, right. (laughs) Um, 
Well, but then the last reported sighting of Lincoln's ghost was in the early 1980s when Tony Savoy, White House operations foreman, came into the White House and saw Lincoln sitting in a chair at the top of some stairs. Abraham Lincoln is not the only Lincoln ghost witnesses claim to have seen in the White House. Willie Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's 11-year-old son, died in the White House of Typhoid on February 20th, 1862. Very sad. Hmm. Willie Lincoln's ghost was first reported to have been seen in the White House by staff members of the Grant administration in the 1870s, but reports have been made as recently as the 1960s. President Lyndon B. Johnson's college-age daughter, Linda Bird Johnson Robb, uh, claims to have seen the ghost and talked to him. So what did he say? That's just where the article ends. What did he say, Linda Bird Johnson? Rob. Yeah. Come on. Um... Wow. I have never thought about how haunted the White House is. Oh, it's got to be so, so scary at night. I mean, ghosts galore. Yeah. Yep. What you got? Um, I'm going to do an old familiar favorite um, and read you the Wikipedia article of the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, I was hoping that. <laughs> The Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, mm-hmm. <laughs> is a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean, where a number of aircraft and ships are said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Most reputable sources dismiss the idea that there is any mystery. And now I want to say... I would say our podcast is a reputable source and Mm -hmm. I don't dismiss the idea that there's mystery there. Agreed. Okay, great. Um, The earliest suggestion of unusual disappearances in the Bermuda area appeared in a September 17th, 1950 article published in the Miami Herald by Edward Van Winkle Jones. What a name. (laughs) What a name. (laughs) Uh, Two years later, Fate Magazine published Sea Mystery at Our Back Door, a short article by George Sand covering the loss of several planes and ships, including the loss of Flight 19, a group of five U.S. Navy Grumman TBM Avenger torpedo bombers, hey, too long of a name for a ship, or whatever it is, on a training mission. Sand's article was the first to lay out the now familiar triangular area where the losses took place, as well as the first to suggest a supernatural element to the Flight 19 incident. Flight 19 alone would be covered again in the April 1962 issue of American Legion magazine. In it, author Alan W. Eckert wrote that uh, the flight leader had been heard saying, quote, we are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green, no white. So he sounds confused. Is it green or is it rhyme? I think it was a poem, yeah. And um, is it, uh, you know, pick a color, dude. Pick a color. (laughs) This is is not a room of the White House. Yeah. (laughs) He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated that the plane's quote, flew off to Mars, which is impossible, I I just want to say. Yeah. And like, at that point, if you Mm -hmm. look up and you see they're flying away, how do you know that Mars is their specific destination? 
Yeah. Is is there a welcome wagon at Mars who then contacted you to let yeah. you know that they made it safely? Is it like on a city bus where it's like next stop, wherever, like on the yeah. LEDs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next stop, Mars. Yeah. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. In February 1964, Vincent Gaddis wrote an article called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle in the pulp magazine Argosy, saying Flight 19 and other disappearances were part of a pattern of strange events in the region. The next year, Gaddis explained this article into a book, Invisible Horizons. So the triangle area, so the Gaddis Argosy article delineated the boundaries of the triangle, giving its vertices as Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. Subsequent writers did not necessarily follow this definition. Some writers gave very different boundaries and vertices to the triangle, with the total area varying from 1,300,000 to 3,900,000 kilometers squared. I don't know what that means measurement-wise. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Quote, indeed, some writers even stretch it as far as the Irish coast. So it just sounds like the Atlantic is a little suspicious. Yeah. I mean, you've got the Titanic. Yeah. You've got a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to spend all of our time listing off all the stuff that everyone already knows. Well, and we simply can't. This is a mini-sode. It, that's what everyone we knows. A, we have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> so I want to, I want to list some of the notable incidents. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'll go through them quickly. Cause I also want to read the, um, explanations, but there's the HMS Atlanta, which was setting sail from Bermuda to Falmouth, England on January 31st, 1880. Uh, it was presumed that she sank in a powerful storm, which crossed her route. A- Can we talk about how weird it is that ships are females? Yeah, I don't like What's it. up with that? And, it, you know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about pronouns, but we're okay giving ships mm-hmm. a female pronoun, but there's so many people who would, you know. Who are concerned about a they, them for a human. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just think we need to think about that for a little while. We do. Um, (laughs) so, uh, her crew composed primarily of inexperienced trainees may have been a contributing factor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Olds who are like, "Mm." yeah. What is this? Where am I? (laughs) Um, there's the USS Cyclops. Um, which was, let's see, the incident resulting in the single largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy, not related to combat, occurred when the Collier Cyclops carrying a full load of manganese ore and with one engine out of action went missing without a trace with a crew of 309 sometime after March 4th, 1918. That's crazy. That is insane. Yeah. Um, Although there is no strong evidence for any single theory, many independent theories exist, some blaming storms, some capsizing, and some suggesting that the wartime enemy activity was to blame for the loss. Um, The two sister ships of the Cyclops, Proteus and Nereus, were also lost in the North Atlantic um, because they were carrying 
uh, I believe, or yeah, heavy loads of um, metallic ore, similar to what was lo uh, loaded on the Cyclops, and they were not um, designed to hold that much. So Great. they capsized. What could go wrong? So it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So then there's the Carol A. Deering, uh, which was another boat, a, a schooner. Is that how you say it? Schooner? Schooner? I think something so. like that. Uh, in 1919, there is, uh, of course, Flight 19, the Star Tiger and the Star Ariel, the Douglas DC-3, the Connemara the, uh, 4, and the KC-135 Strato Tankers. So just like hella ships and um, aircrafts, yep. like what is happening here? Truly. So hypothetical explanation attempts. Uh, first, we have paranormal explanations, which I'm are so my like favorite. Yeah. Triangle writers have used a number of supernatural concepts to explain the events. One explanation pens the blame on leftover technology from the mythical lost continent of Atlantis. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Heard of it. Sometimes uh, connected to the Atlantis story is the submerged rock formation known as uh, the Bimini Road off the island of Bimini in the Bahamas, which is in the triangle by some definitions. Followers of the purported psychic Edgar Case uh, take his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of the Bimini Road. Believers describe the formation as a road, wall, or other structure, um, but the Bimini Road is of natural origin. Other writers attribute the events to UFOs. Charles Berlitz, author of various books on anomalous phenomena. That's a real tongue twister. That real, it sounds like something Jenna Maroney would have come up with. The real <laughs> yeah. Joke. yeah. Um, anomalous yeah. phenomena. <laughs> uh, lists several theories attributing the losses in the triangle to anomalous or unexplained forces. And of course, the natural explanations are going to be compass variations, because uh, so compass problems are one of the cited phrases in many triangle incidents. Uh, while some have theorized that unusual local magnetic anomalies may exist in the area, uh, such anomalies have not been found. Compasses have natural magnetic variations in relation to the magnetic poles, a fact which navigators have known for centuries. Um, and then of course, there's the Gulf Stream human error, which probably mm -hmm. accounts for a lot of these things. and yeah violent weather so could be those um you know super reasonable yeah options but i want to believe that it's has something to do with atlantis yeah or ghosts ghosts at a minimum <laughs> oh yeah at least there are some ghosts involved yeah we're not going to rule ghosts out entirely they're always yeah. on the table <laughs> Well, campers, thank you for joining us for another installment of Immature History. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope you liked the spooky vibes. And we'll yeah. see you right back here next week. You know where to find us. We'll see yeah. you. Bye. Bye-bye.